Listener Production. Shares, Market. the S&P, the ISX stocks. This is Motley Fool Money. Welcome to Motley Fool Money, the podcast that is, well, frankly, reeling. I'm Scott Phillips, and with me, of course, is the managing director, the founder, the chief cook and bottle washer, the employee of the month, I'm reliably informed, at Strawman.com. 24 months running, 24 months running. <laughs> Mr. Page, how are you? Uh, I'm, I'm, my jaw is on the floor, mate. Like this is, this has been a <laughs> wild a week. last week. Yeah. Mate, but before we go to that though, uh, if you are employee of the month, you should know what strawman.com is, I assume. I, I, sh- I should. Uh, and that's part of what gets me the honor each month. Hey, hey. But, um, we're an online private investment club. <sighs> I'll tell you what. Now, when do you get the award, mate? That must, that must <laughs> go well at company meetings. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> so let's, let's get past it. We, we, can I tell you, more people again during the week said they liked the joke. I'm oh, sorry to those dear. who don't like the joke. I'm sorry to you. Oh, I'm not really sorry to you. I'm, I'm kind of chuffed myself, but uh, you know, it is what it is. So uh, it, it, may, it may hang around. Mate, um, <laughs> you're on the floor. I, <laughs> it's, it's really... So actually, you know what I'm going to start with is God knows what happens next. And we're recording this on Thursday morning. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, like doing, doing a podcast quickly. that comes out 36 hours later is, uh, is, is tough at the best of times. In a week like this, I don't know. So yeah. uh, listeners, as of, uh, I will literally timestamp this. We're recording at 9.19am on Thursday morning. It's 9.19am Eastern Daylight Time, just in case something happens in the next hour and you're in Queensland or, or somewhere else. Um, it's been a big week. Yeah. So let's rewind a million years, a million, a million dog years, but uh, but seven days to SVB, the Silicon Valley Bank that most people had never even heard of, which goes from uh, things might be a bit of trouble to hey, can we have forty two billion dollars, please? To the Fed's taking over all in the space of one business day. Yeah. Um, Eighteenth biggest US bank. The, the banker of choice for most of the tech sector. Um, I don't even know where to start with this one, mate. I, I, so let, yeah. me, let me try and lay out what I think I know. Yep. You can tell me where I'm wrong and then you can add some thoughts. So bank runs are as old as time, as old as banks anyway. And, mm-hmm. and it comes down to if you think your money is safe at the bank, you leave it there. When you lose confidence, when you lose faith, when you think maybe it's not as safe as you thought it might be, you take your money up. And when everyone does that, you cause the very thing you're worried about, which is a stampede at the bank branch. And the simple reality is that if you are a bank, you take my money and Andrew's money, you put it in the, the at-call accounts and pay us 0.0001% interest. And then you lend that money and some extra to people who want to borrow that money, whether it's businesses for three or five-year rolling loans generally, or uh, mortgage, uh, mortgage loans for 30 years. And you figure that overall, if you kind of look at the flows, you're going to have enough money in the bank and enough deposits coming in regularly enough that you can meet the usual types of withdrawals. The average kind of daily withdrawal, you live a bit more buffer just in case, but you know that in a steady state, you're in a good place. When your depositors all say, actually, we would all like our money back right now, and you say, well, it's not here, it's in Bill's house and it's in Fred's farm and... What's that from? Someone did tell me. There's a there's a movie called A Wonderful Life. Very that's right. A Wonderful Life. And there's a bank run in that. Yes. And um, I forget the actor's name. Very famous actor. But yeah, Um, it's Jimmy. Um, Jimmy Stewart. Might be. Uh, Oh, I don't. I don't look. 
be before my Recent we're old, but we're not that old. So it's, <laughs> it is before our time. But it is it is it is, it is yeah. such an iconic scene. I guess quoted all. It the is time. Jimmy Stewart, it, by the way. I just Jimmy Stewart. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. It, it, these are very. By the way, this was the uh, original um, impetus for creating central banks. Yes. Which kind of gets us to the next stage in the process. Now, I will say, Silicon Valley Bank. Part of the problem was the bank run. Oh, well, that, I mean, that is the entire problem. What causes the run, though, and this is where we'll talk a lot about confidence this episode, mate, with a, with a capital C. Can, can I just feel it, finish oh, off please. your thought there just to really underline that? This yes. is what you're describing is, is what's known as fractional reserve banking. Yes. And that means that they're just, the money's just not there. It, yes. It's not there. Um, uh, so <laughs> It will be there over time, but it's not there right now. I think it just we we tend to assume that when you there's this antiquated notion that I take my money to the bank, they pop it in a vault, and it's just yeah. there. Yes, and correct, then correct. you know when you want it back, it's it, but it's 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 literally not there. <laughs> and I think everyone kind of knows that, but you don't really ever think about that until you're forced to confront it. And and I'll also say also say maybe we could probably be a bit more forgiven for it in Australia because it just hasn't happened in forever. Yeah. But in the US, they on average, I think they have two or three every year. There's a lot more banks uh, over there. They're actually, it's actually a very common thing in the modern mm-hmm. era. Mm-hmm. So let's, so, so okay, so that, that's, that's kind of what happened on the, was it Thursday night our time, I think, from memory? Um, yeah, as you say, a million years ago now. Yeah, guess, right. Yeah. So, but what, what caused the run, and, and again, causes is in air quotes, but effectively what happened was Silicon Valley Bank was run badly. And when enough people knew slash believe that to be true confidence ebbed away once confidence ebbed away you start the panic you start the bank run e- egged and- on by vcs uh right, on Twitter. Well, <laughs> right? so the, well this is the it's the first big bank failure of the of the of the social media era right so i mean there's, there's something to that as well but yes i mean that's part of it so so you end up with a situation where you um the bank was badly run they had if we go back to 2008 in australia wizard home loans and aussie home loans effectively went broke had to be taken over because what they did is they got their, we're talking about durations, we're talking about cash in the bank as depositors. That's effectively the way Wizard and Aussie will run. They use revolving short-term lending to give long-term loans. But when you have that revolving lending, it needs to revolve. It needs to replenish itself every month. Mm-hmm. Effectively, when there was a credit squeeze, a credit freeze in the GFC, the lenders went, well, you we can't have our money anymore. Mm-hmm. And Aussie said, well, hang on, I've got these loans out to the mortgages and I'm relying on you rolling this loan over, otherwise I've got to pay the whole loan back. So when you roll over a loan, effectively, rather than saying, it's a 30-day loan, right? It's due at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. At the end of the month, you can either pay it all off or continue to have that loan outstanding and just pay the extra interest. That's what normally happens. Or just borrow the, borrow it, borrow money from somewhere else to pay off right, the other loan, as you right, say, roll it right. over. Yep. And when, that, when you can't roll it over, it's all due. So end of the month comes, Aussie had to pay up everything they owed and- Again, it's in Bill's house, it's in Fred's house. Mm-hmm. Um, the, 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 the wonderful life. We should have a, maybe we should have a, a, a podcast viewing of a wonderful life, but uh, we'll do that another time. Um, Director's commentary. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's, I, I want financial commentary over it. That'd be pretty yeah, cool. Yeah. That's super nerdy, but it'd be fun. Um, anyway, so uh, yes, basically that's what happened during the GFC is they couldn't roll it over and it was all due and effectively they had to sell themselves to the big banks so they could use their funding. Now, Fast forward to today, it's a little bit different for Silicon Valley Bank, but not heaps. They had basically, instead of a timing issue, it was a cost issue. They had assumed when they made their promises that they would always be able to get cheap funding because rates would stay low. We all know over the last 18 months, interest rates have gone through the roof, which has increased their costs, 
but didn't increase their revenue. So they had rising costs. And remember, bank margins are less than 2%, generally speaking. So if the official interest rate goes up by 3% and you can't increase your revenues because you've made long-term promises to people, then you have a squeeze. And that was effectively... Uh, again, tell me if you have a different view, mate, but my understanding is that's effectively what caused the problem. There it's, wasn't an issue with the value of the assets themselves. The loans were going to get repaid. There wasn't an issue with the timing. That was all fine. The issue in this case was that uh, the timing became the issue. But the issue was people who had their money in the bank went, hang on, this thing's going to go broke because it's got this mismatch between its costs and its revenues. If it goes broke, we lose our money. Quick, let's get it out. That starts the bank run. And if you're staying with us, that's what caused the bank to be shut down in less than 24 hours. And what also, what also is different today, a bank run involves pulling your phone out of your pocket and pressing some yeah, buttons. Yeah, that's right. So before there was actually a, an advantage in having to go in and see a teller and join yeah. a massive line yeah. is that they could kind of help mm -hmm. slow. Low. So there was something like um, $4.5 billion an hour over that mm -hmm. on, on Thursday. Yep. $42 billion in total they wanted. In, yep. In the, yep. $4.2 billion in an hour over business or whatever it was. And it was, it, it's, it's, yeah, as you say, it's the largest bank run in modern US history. Um, uh, $16.7 billion uh, over 10 days or something. The numbers are mind boggling. I'll, I'll give a little bit of extra color here. It's worse than that because what they did, they didn't, normally a bank can hedge its interest rate risk. Correct. So if it moves around, you've taken out, effectively you've taken out insurance for a cost, but it means that you avoid this kind of problem. And they, they didn't have any risk management, um, or not, not very good risk management. The other Correct. thing is, is that with, with a lot of their money, with their assets on their balance sheet, they put it into ostensibly the safest investment in the world, which is mm. US treasuries. Yes. Now, a consequence of official interest rates going up so much <laughs> is, that, is that bond prices fall. It's an inverse relationship. So if I, yeah. if I sell you a bond, $100 face value, and it pays a dollar a year as a coupon, as an interest rate and then interest rates drop sorry interest rates increase they go from one effect one percent officially to two percent now anyone out there who's looking to get a yield is like mm. why are you going to buy if you wanted to sell the bond i just gave to you why would they mm. buy it off you at face value getting one percent exactly. yield so now, they were going to get the full value back eventually but again oh, it was sure. a timing issue they couldn't liquidate it in the short term because the, the face value or the, the sorry the, the market value had fallen so, so the market adjusts. So if you were to sell that bond, people say, well, I want a lower price. So, that, so I'm getting the same yield as that I effectively could get on, on, on a new bond. So yep. Yep. this is, there, there, is a, there is more than a small amount of irony here in the world's safest investment. The, the way that the maths works is that when you have interest rates going up 3% in an incredibly short period of time. Mm. So I think the 10-year, US 10-year dropped 40% in face value, close enough, right. might've been 38%, something like that. Mm -hmm. So the world's safest investment- down 38%. So <laughs> so when when they went to sort of say, okay, we need to free up some cash. They tried a capital raise at one point, yeah. by the way. And that I do, can, I just, can I just add quickly, there's, you yeah. know, the, the, I, just wanna, I wanna go back to the face value thing because as people are listening to this, it's not the US treasuries were worth 40% less in terms of their actual face value. You were always gonna get your money back. There was no question of the, the full faith and confidence of the US government. Yep. But it was simply a case of if you wanted to buy and sell them on the market, trying to sell someone a, a low interest rate product when they could buy a high interest rate product from somebody else means yes. there was no market for them. That's a secondary market it's called. called. Yes, exactly, yep. yes, thank you. Yeah, and, and, and it's all good and well to say, I was like, well, I'm just gonna wait. And if you're on a you know, six month or one year T-bill or something like that, well, it's probably not that big a deal. If you're on a 10 year, that's a long time to wait 
to get your full value back and right. God assuming you knows. wanted or needed to sell it in the meantime. I mean, most yeah, people, uh, yes. well, a lot of people would have bought it for that 10-year return. Yes. But if you, as you say, if you want the money in the meantime, you, you go to the bank to redeem your term deposit, you might get nothing in interest or you might they might whack you in shreds and say, well, okay, you can have it. You're not supposed to, but okay, here it is. Yeah. But if you've got to sell it in the open market, then it's a very, very different story. Yeah, uh, It's crazy. And, and oh man, there's so many layers to this. So I'm sorry for going all over the place. But there's accounting rules here that you need to be aware of as well. So when they buy these um, assets... They have to mark them as either available mm. for sale, AFS, mm. or HTM, held to maturity, yes. which basically says we int- our intention here is to hold it to maturity. When you do that, as far as the accounting rules are concerned, that just carries on your balance sheet at the face value, regardless of what happens on the secondary market. Um, if it's available for sale, which is, you know, we, we have this available, to, well, <laughs> as it says on the tin, available for sale, um, you have to do what's called mark to market. So if the, if the market price of those bonds fall, you have to write that down on your balance sheet and over on the profit and loss statement, that counts as, as a loss. So, so SVB, mm-hmm. and by the way, probably more than just the, they're not yeah. isolated. In, there's a lot of banks, a lot of banks with this toxic paper on, on, mm-hmm. on their books. Mm-hmm. They, they had to write all this stuff down, but there's a whole bunch of, man, people aren't idiots, right? So the, people go, yeah, I know that it's not on the numbers yet, but you, this value that you've got in HTM uh, uh, bonds is not worth what you think it's worth. And, and it, that leads to the confidence uh, issue that leads to the de- deposit withdrawal issue that leads to the liquidity issue, and then that leads to the Fed or the authorities having to to step in. And um, should we? Is there more to say on on, on the on the uh, what happened before we we talk about the the policy response? Um, we'll probably do Credit Suisse separately, I suppose, because um, it's a similar but different story. Similar so we'll but at, different. And, we'll and get to Credit Suisse in a minute. And this is this is the thing that's worth underscoring here. I, I, you said the 18th largest. I heard the 16th largest. Okay. We're splitting hairs. This yeah. is this is a very major financial yes. institution, yes. right? So so the the problem is is that depositors might not get their money back. There is an FDIC scheme, mm-hmm. which is effectively mm-hmm. insurance. It guarantees that up to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars worth of deposits. If a yeah. bank goes under, you, that's insured. You, you'll get yes. that back. Yes. Most customers had well more than that because, as mm-hmm. you said, there are a lot of Silicon Valley companies in there. Some of them pretty flush with cash after mm-hmm. years of free free money, essentially. So they had a lot of sort of cash um, that, that that's 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 sort of sitting there. Mm-hmm. So um, I will disclose quickly while you take a breath. Uh, yeah. Just for, for full disclosure, the Motley Fool was a depositor of at Silicon Valley Bank no longer because the bank doesn't exist. Um, yep. uh, the money's been made good and it's all, it, it, we're uh, apparently fine. Um, most of, most more than that's confidential and obviously we don't need to go into details. But just, just for everyone's full knowledge, we also have recommended Silicon Valley Bank in the past as, a, as an investment. So um, I'll get those two disclosed out of the way just because people deserve to know. Um, I don't think it impacts my view. It certainly doesn't impact your view. But um, again, disclosure is always better than non-disclosure. So so there's the transparency. Well, very, 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 very quick aside, Jim Cramer, <laughs> who a lot of people will know he's yeah. the he's the guy on mad God money over in the us yeah he is probably there, the there's there's a twitter account called the inverse kramer and basically and there's actually there's actually <laughs> uh, an etf uh, I, I this is <laughs> no this is this is not a joke there no. is an etf called the inverse kramer as well where it basically <laughs> just does the opposite of what, and it's it's based on the fact that this guy's made just notorious call like by right, by okay. lehman brothers before you know three days before it went bankrupt he, okay. he put a he put a buy on svp like last week or something oh, dear, okay here's another thing Moody's rated at AAA last yeah. week. Yeah. Right. So if, if you haven't watched The Big Short, watch The Big Short. <laughs> yes, exactly. But essentially, 
don't take what the ratings agencies say. They're, they're absolutely captured. Um, this, is, right. this is the tinfoil hat going on here. But I, I, don't, I think at a point we can say this with a straight face. And you, like, we've seen exactly what's happened. And this is AAA in your view, guys. Okay, thanks. We'll, we'll, we'll a, a reminder that. too that Moody's downgraded Berkshire from AAA to AA at some point yes. in the past. Yeah, uh, and and again, maybe, maybe it's deserved, but in a, in a relative sense, if you've got a AAA rate, Silicon Valley Bank and AA Berkshire, and Berkshire Hathaway, this is I own shares, as, as everyone knows, Warren Buffett's company. Um, it's, it's a, it's a Which has thing. a mountain of cash, by the right, way. So right, it's right. just, there's no, Anyway, it's just, it's absolute pure madness. It's clown world, frankly, is what it is. So anyway, so, so your deposits are gone now under, under a, if, if no one does anything. And uh, above the FDIC insured limit. Yeah, above the, yes. And for most of them who have got $10 million in the bank, that's not a yep. lot for a company, right? Like, yep. you know, there's plenty of companies that had heaps more than that. So I think it was something like, I forget the percentage, but 80% or something of funds weren't insured. So on one hand, you could look at that and go, well, that sucks. That's directional reserve banking. That's the risks. You, you, you yep. took it. The trouble is that there's something like 16,000 companies in California, mm-hmm. uh, as you say, largely concentrated in the tech space that, that now can't pay payroll, mm-hmm. that now can't pay their invoices. So there you have a contagion, um, which, right. could, which could be, so just basically leads to mass layoffs and all kinds of damage there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then there's also the other contagion of other people going, whoa, if this can happen here and other yes. banks have, you know, under the, we, you know, it, it just, it just spreads through very quickly. The money's just not all there, right? Mm-hmm. The amount of, the amount of quote unquote money that's, that's sort of out there in the system actually isn't there if everyone calls it back at, at, at once, Correct. which is, which is why the authorities have stepped and in. We should, say, we should say money, we should say cash really, because the, if the assets are valued correctly, then the value is there. Yep. The, 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 the capital M money, or I don't know which one's capital M actually. It's cap, well, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, the, the, the value is there. I, I've got a million, I've got $100 deposited in, in a bank and that bank's loaned out the $100 to, to back a mortgage. The house is there. Um, the, the, you know, the, 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 and this is the thing with Silicon Valley Bank is there was no problem with their assets. The assets themselves at, were, were largely, I think don't, we never say entirely, right? Banks always have failed assets, but they were largely... You know, there's no problem with the asset quality or even the asset value. Um, there was the mark-to-market stuff you mentioned with the treasury bonds, but over mm. time, that, that money comes back. If you add it all up and say, is there value here to offset the deposits? Yes. Mm. But, you know, yeah. is it all available in capital M money or little M money? Capital C cash probably is better way to put it. Then no, it's, it's absolutely not there. And, and you're absolutely right. That is that is fundamental. I mean, it's banks generally, right? They, they lend me money to pay someone else to buy a house, which is no longer money, on the basis I'm going to give them back little bits of that money over 30, well, 360 months. Um, you, you know, the, the, the money isn't there. The house is there. My income is there. I will probably pay the house off. Most people will probably pay the house off. But that, that gap is always true. As you say about the other stuff, we don't think about it until you get to this situation where you go, but oh, where's man. the money? It's like, well, it's everywhere and nowhere. And that's, Dude, that, that's why bank runs are a thing. It, it is such an incredibly deep rabbit hole. When you say, I don't even <laughs> want to go there, but when you say, what is money? That, yeah. that is a much more difficult <laughs> question. Yeah, it is. I think when you think about it, right? And, yeah, and yeah, generally yeah. speaking, in international markets, and that's actually mm-hmm. the debt itself is the money. You know, people will use yeah. these notes yeah. and papers and reverse repos and all this. It's just, again, turtles on turtles and stuff. But is it money? Well, it acts like money. You know, you, you could you could say uh, a house a house is money in a lot of ways. You know, so it's anyway, it's it's very it's very diabolically sort of complex. The the other part of it is too is that there is even without a lot of these issues. So so deposits are a major source of funding for banks. It's not just sort of like a little bit. It's a it's a lot. It's the majority amount. And for the reasons that you said, you get very you, you pay depositors bugger all, and you get to lend it out at, at much higher rates. Now. 
if I'm a company mm-hmm. and I've got $20 million, some companies have billions of dollars, right, in cash, and it's at the bank who's paying me bugger all, why wouldn't I just put it into a money market fund or a T-bill directly? And, and by the way, these days, I'm getting a really good interest rate on that for less risk. Where's my incentive to leave the money in the bank? I mean, I need a, I need a bit for transaction services and day-to-day kind of facilities. Right. But I don't, I don't need my $10 million sort of sitting there. Mm-hmm. So there's also a risk too that that just sort of drains the system a little bit too correct, of funds. Correct, correct. And, and with, no, with no alternative. And, and by the way, it also then and you're right, it's all around. At some point, it's also turtles. Uh, at some point, it's also yeah. the question of where else do you put the money then? Because yeah. you either spend it or you invest it in air quotes somewhere else, which may or may not be more or less risky than money in the bank. Um, and there are, I think this is, this is why this is such a difficult question because there are, there's, there's the people. So, so there's, do we save the people? who put their money in the bank? Do we save other banks from their counterparty risk? Do mm. we save the system? Do we save confidence in financial flows? I mean, at some point, you're back to common code coaches carrying gold bars around, right? So yep. we know that you know that you know that you know the money's there. Um, fractional reserve banking, do you take that away? I mean, these, these, if you- Yeah, what's then, the solution here? Yeah. Right, and, and this is where we get to least worst outcomes in my mind. And you and I have yeah. had a bit of a chat on, on Twitter. I've had a chat with some other people on Twitter. Um, you end up in least worst solutions where I think, and the, and the challenge for me, and I'll, I'll, I'll kind of put my chin out a bit and share a view and then you can jump all over it. Um, the, the issue for me is there's a whole lot of ideology uh, around, particularly on Twitter, but just around in general. Particularly People say, well, this, this, yeah. this, this should be true because this, would be, this should be right. Yes. And in, in a perfect world, this would be true and this would work. And I have, a heap of, I have a heap of time for that because there is a lot of, we should be spending a lot of time thinking about the best way to do things. And from first principles so that's I did, I did my super on first principles the other week uh, we should do that rather, rather than hey how would you slightly change what we've got it's like well, if, we, if you didn't have it what would you do that's yeah. really important yeah. but then I, I, I always 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 fall on the simple the simple question of which is the least worst outcome when you measure the impact when you measure the effects which is the least worst not, not because any of them are good not because any of them are, are capital R or air quotes right not capital R that feels like a right wing thing not because anything's correct let me, use, let me use better terms just to make sure I don't um, stray anywhere you know is, is, there, is there a more correct solution yeah absolutely um, I've said this about financial advice a million times you know, the only good advice is the advice that's taken. I can give someone the absolute best mathematical, uh, you know, expected value calculated advice. And they go, yeah, nah. Or I can say, hey, just go and do this. Oh, okay, I can do that. So which is the best advice? Well, technically, one is one is theoretically better. I get better marks on the exam. The other is worse, but end up with people with better outcomes. Which one's the best advice? Now, I think in that case, it's reasonably straightforward. Yep. Very, very difficult when it comes to this because there are counterfactuals and there are expectations. There are a whole lot of things. Um, what's the price of a bank failure? What is the cost of the, you know, we saw, I, I, I just talked about the credit freeze during the GFC. And that was actually with central bank you know, activity, right? So imagine the GFC, then multiply it by something if nothing gets done or next time if nothing, if nothing gets done. It's an absolute mess. Yep, you're uh, right. Uh, let's, let's play that through, right? So yeah, let's, let's, let's say, we'll, we'll talk about what um, the Fed did and, and other policymakers, because it's really interesting and noteworthy and somewhat historic in the response that, that they, they did take. But let's say they didn't do anything. So what you then have is all of a sudden, you know, tens of thousands of companies unable to meet payroll, uh, billions of dollars in deposits uh, wiped out, lots of shareholders uh, go to the wall. 
okay, that sucks in that area. And that's actually a big deal in and of itself. But then we see it playing out in other banks. It was like, well, if I only get 250K insurance, I'm going to take anything above that out. I'm going to put it somewhere else. So you just have a liquidity drain on the entire market. Plus you just have in, uh, incidences with, with confidences and stuff. It just, it throws all asset values around. It gums up the, the, the financial system. There's just no liquidity available anywhere. Debts can't get repaid and it just spirals out of control. It could very realistically, it doesn't sound, it sounds a bit doom and gloomish, but if, if they didn't step in and do something, uh, it, it could have led to a very bad and brutal recession. It still might, frankly, but that's, that is that is correct, correct. why um, that is why it's it's the least. I'm with you there. It, it's the least worst option because if, if you if I was in the if over in the US and had any say on things, I I would have bailed out to some degree as well. Um, so I, I guess I'm, I'm yeah. with you there. Where where I disagree with it is that I think that the we, we quote unquote fix an issue but we then don't change any system. So then you're, then you have right. all these that's unintended a, that's consequences. Yes. You know, yes. that, so that's the what, so should have we bailed out or we, should have the US bailed out SVP? And some people say, well, it's not technically a bailout. Let's, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Was, the, yeah, cool. Let's do that. Yep. What the response is. Um, but I would have done it because, because of all those things that said, but then I think at that point you say, we've got to change some of the, the rules here and we have to give some other alternatives um, um, uh, to, to depositors. The reason being is it creates what they call moral hazard. Again, watch the big short, right? Like right. this, this is the problem. When I, it, it's always a question of incentives, right? Show me the incentive. I will show you the outcome. It's the, it's the Charlie Munger uh, quote, which is just so spot on with yep. everything. So all of a sudden, I'm, I know I'm going to be backstopped by the US government. What am I going to do? I'm going to take more risks. Even if I'm the kind of person mm -hmm. who's a bit more prudent, my competitors are probably going to do it. It's game theory, right? Someone is going to start mm -hmm. doing it and it's going to be incentivized to do it because there's advantage in it. And that will draw us all towards that stuff and so on and so forth. And on we, we get past this and when we stumble onto the next crisis in which mm. everything gets bailed out. And when and let's remember here, these losses are real. Yeah. Like people have lost money. So when you say, oh, it's okay, the Fed's going to come in and bail them, there's a cost to that. There's, kinda, are, actually. Kinda. Well, this is, we should get to the, to the, to the response here. Right. And I, I will argue for, for uh, <laughs> what, what, that, what that might be. But I guess what we were sort of talking about in Twitter, mm -hmm. my, the, my point was that what's, here again, it's, this is a fascinating side story. Mm. But years ago, there was a bank called the Narrow Bank and they came up with a new business model. Mm. Um, there's another one called, called Custodia run by Caitlin. Um, I forget her last name now. You know, there's, that's how, that's how, Custodia sounds almost um, Handmaid's Tale. It's, that's a, it's like a, some sort of weird country called Custodia. <laughs> it's I, a little yeah. bit funny. I should have yeah. a better name, I think. But, I get, but go on, keep going. So the business model is this. So, so, tr so traditional banking, I take your deposits, yeah. uh, as you've, you've already described it, and I, I lend it out to other people. They're saying, no, we're not going to do that. We are purely transaction services and custodial services. Right. So when you deposit your money with us, we don't lend it out. We actually okay. put it in, we actually deposit it with our bank, which is the central bank. So right. we put it into reserve. So it's, it's the safest thing. Now, why would you do that? You're not gonna make nearly as much money. And they're like, yep, that's cool. It's a different model. And we're, we're targeting a different clientele. Our value prop, the value proposition with banks traditionally is put your money with us, We'll give you some transaction services. We'll keep it safe. Stop sniggering. Um, uh, and you'll get interest on that. You'll earn interest. And this is what we're all taught at school. Put your money with the bank, save up. That's the prudent, sensible thing to do. Compound interest, blah, 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 blah. They're saying, no, 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 no. We're not going to do that. 
you're not going to get any interest with us. In fact, you might even have to pay us a fee. The value prop is mm. you can do everything you want with your money and it's full reserve. Now, right. you might say, well, that's not for me. I'd pr- I'm perfectly confident in most of the banks and thank you very much. I'd prefer a 1% yield on. And th- that's cool. That's cool. But but the the regulators have knocked this back multiple times. You think, well, what's mm. the harm in that? What is the harm in if someone wants to do that? It's not risking the system. In fact, it's 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 linchpinned on the, the foundation of the entire global financial system in that right, it's held right. at reserves uh, in reserves at, at the Federal Reserve. So it's, mm-hmm. it's sort of bizarre. And then when you think about it, the reason is they said, well, if you have something like this out here and then you have some banking crisis, what does everyone do? Everyone yeah. takes their money out and they put it in these kinds of things and it risks, right, right, right. It risks all the others. So it's kind of like, correct, correct. hey, this would be a really good idea, except that it undermines this entire fractional reserve system when things go wrong. Which so I think- kind of my point. I think that, that, that's kind of my point is that the, the health of the system that underpins everything that we do as a society, that, that's why I think in terms of the least worst outcomes rather than the first principles ideology of which would be, would this be safer for the individual? Well, probably actually not because we know the government's going to backstop us. But that, that take that aside, you know, would this, is this an interesting idea? Yes. Is it a net positive for the financial system or a net negative? And when I say financial system, I don't even necessarily, I, I want to be really comfortable about the banks, right? I don't give a shit. I don't, oh, mm. so, sorry, don't give a stuff. I don't own any <laughs> bank shares. I never, exactly, I never have. Uh, I don't think, I had some Macquarie at one point, I think. Um, like I don't, I, gen, I genuinely don't care, right? So, so when I say the system, I don't mean the cabal of bankers and, and their, you know, their champagne and caviar lunches. I mean, the thing that allows you and I to believe that we can live our lives and be reasonably prosperous as a society because we have a trusted way to interact and transact. Yeah. So to my, but why does my this thoughts, why does no. this change that though? I can still the system for the, for is the very reason you said that as soon as the money moves, it, it's it's the so what right? Unless you're going to prevent bank runs, this makes them more likely. You know what that, I think it that's does. Exactly, go on. No, I, I, so I think what it does is it puts into stark contrast the implicit bargain that you make here. So so let's reframe things. When you mm. put money at the bank for for them to look after it. Actually, what you're doing, and this is literally true, is that you are actually providing the bank a low interest loan. That's what you're doing. Yes. This is the lesson from crypto, which is like the hundredth time that this happened. Whenever there is a yield, yeah. there is risk. Full yeah. stop. Period. Well, keep going. Keep going. So, so why did why is it that that you get an interest rate when you put mm. your money into a savings account? It's because they're able to, as we just said, they're able to earn a better rate of return, Yes. pay you, and, and, and it's there to attract your money. It is a source yes. of funding. Now, 100%. in a new world that I'm imagining from my first <laughs> principles ideological standpoint, yep. we have a system where you can, as a consumer, as a business, you can say, look, I don't, I don't want interest or much interest, and I'm just, I'll just leave it um, through this bank that deposits via the Fed, or I'll take, some, I'll take, I'll take a little bit of risk and, and I'll get interest. Now that's that's a, that's that's an absolute choice. Once you take that choice, though, and banks know that well, you're not going to get bailed out if this happens. I think risk management changes, the incentive structure changes, um, and and I I've actually, I actually think you've still got what you've got today because a lot of people will opt into this. I probably would too for a, certainly up to like 250k. Like why wouldn't I? It's I don't want to make out that this is hyper hyper risky. It's not. People have been keeping their money in ANZ and Westpac and and what not for years. You could absolutely do that. I don't mm. think there'd be a mass exit to like this zero interest rate kind of product. Except but that it, to your point at, at the point in time which there is some sort of fear in which case you create 
I, I can I, I um, uh, correlated bank run across the entire financial system because at this point when confidence is lost without the ability to or willingness to restore that confidence you make people this is SVB squared right that's exactly why the regulators stepped in in the first place which is if we let SB, SVB fail they don't want to take some money out of everything else that might possibly fail and you create this enormous catastrophe we just talked about yeah, but think Any, about anytime it. you don't anytime you don't provide that sort that confidence you, you undermine the system and create this multi-year recession with 15% unemployment or whatever else happens because you chose not to step in. This so is that's, what, that's the trade-off. This is what you're saying to um, citizens. You're saying, if you've got any money, yep. you, you can take it in cash, put it under the mattress, be at risk of fire or theft or, or whatever, or certainly just going to be eroded away massively yeah, yeah. by yep. inflation. So you yep. can do that if you want. You can put it in cash. Um, it's a liability of, of the central bank itself, you know, um, or you can put it at a bank. Oh, by the way, the bank will lend your money out and you've got no say in it. That you, what they do, Correct. we have to rely on trust, but we, we are forcing you to yep. put it there. No, it, it, it's no, not forcing you. We're allowing you to put it there if you don't choose not to have it in cash yep. or put it in the backyard. So we're not forcing you to do anything. Okay, but if, it's a pretty ordinary choice to. though, right? Like keep it in, like literally keep it in bags of cash under your house. Yep. Or put it in the bank, and there's no. You're not allowed to do anything else with it. Sure. And and in a system, this isn't me making it. Demonstrably, goes from failure to failure to failure to failure. And but we're going to force you to participate in that because of quote unquote the economy. And I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I think I think the problem is is that banks know for all of the reasons that we just discussed that mm. there is absolutely no downside to the, the people running these things if things go really bad because you either get a bailout or at least you get your golden parachute and you kick out. And it's just, and surprise, surprise, that's why we have all of these issues. In a, in a world where there is some choice there and, and, and people know that you actually won't be bailed out and there are much better regulations for one, that's like something I think we can both agree on, totally. is, is that you, 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 don't, you don't have a perfect system, but I think you have one that is far more resilient to, mm. to shocks. And, and one that is just far less of a devil's bargain where it's just sort of like hold a gun to, to, to people's head and say, you've got to lend money to the banks. You have to lend money to the banks Except that there's no and expose yourself to, to risk. There I, I is. We just, no, that's, the, that's exactly what's happened. There's massive no, there's risk. Not. No, there's not because, because this would be the depositors were made whole. So, so you, in your after they change the rules, after they change the rules, and we've yeah. got to get we've got to get to what they did. But yeah, but but, but yeah. your your version of the world says this is more ideologically pure, and if there are bank runs, so be it. At least I wasn't forced to put my money in the bank, right? Yeah. So the trade off is I don't care what happens to the economy as long as I'm not forced to put money in the bank. I reckon at a societal level that is a far 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 worse outcome than. You're forced to put. You're not forced to, but let's go with that. You are. Like, you're forced to. There's no other. You can option put your money wherever for, for you cash. want. You can put your money wherever you want. You can put it in, the, in a safe deposit box in the in the bank if you want. Okay. It doesn't no have to be deposited. But yeah. Okay. But, no, no, but they can. They can. Why? Why couldn't they? Okay. So you're not forced to do it, but but in in doing so, the system says it's in the best interest of the society that we are in to have a flow of capital that is allowed by our banking system, and. The cost of that, and you're right about better regulation, right? Which is the so what. So we'll, we'll agree on that and get to that. But the so what for me is okay. The deal is that in making the financial system better, the risk is every now and again a government entity has to administer a program that stops bank runs, mm. and that's that's and you're is a devil's bargain. Sure, call it what you want. Mm. Do, which if I, if I get to live in either country, if you if you if you create a uh, if we get a Mars, right? And Elon says I'm going to have your version of the financial system. 
or you can say that if they have my version of finish. I'm saying here, I'm not going. Or conversely, I'll get a mask to avoid it because it, when there is a next time there is a bank run, it might be one year, five years, ten years, twenty years away. The system crashes. People are thrown out of work. We're in a great depression for five years. And we say, well, at least we won't put force put money in the bank. Isn't that great? And everyone looks and says, who do we lynch? That bloke Page over there. He was the guy who suggested the idea. So that that's and that's you know that's why I kind of come down to you on an ideological level. Actually, I've got a lot of sympathy for your idea. Right. The problem with moral hazard is that it, it's an intellectual idea that doesn't, in reality, mean there is a less the means make that the less sorry again, make that the worst outcome or a worse outcome. Mm. We have a better outcome today than in the scenario you suggest in my view you could disagree completely if you want but i reckon if we have both systems running concurrently your system is ideologically pure but you know it's your joke about windows right bill gates says if i if i had a car to go 400 miles an hour and you know uh, it cost a third of the price and the gm guy says yeah but it'd crash every six months and need an entire rebuilding right so that's kind of the idea of like you know would it be a better system while it works yeah as soon as it falls over how many people do we want to throw out of work? How many businesses fail? What does it do to our standard of living? Are we, is that the price for not being forced to put money in the bank? Okay, I can choose that. Or I can choose the option where it's, air quotes, forced to put money in the bank. I happily do it, by the way. The government will backstop me. That's The system works. It, it results in a greater standard of living, much more prosperity. I'm taking that system every day. Like It's imperfect, and we should fix the regulation which makes the bank runs less likely and all that kind of stuff. I completely 100% agree with you, mate. Yeah. Um, but your assumption... Your assumption in all of that is that in in the world that I describe, banks yes. would continue to run with extremely poor risk management, lax legislation. Trump rolled back a whole bunch of the rules that I would do, I do actually, what yeah. happened with SVB. I, well, I think- so, so I would say, to, to your point, I, would, I hear what you're saying, but you're yep. looking at it through the lens of the current system. If, yes. if we had a... Look, it's never going to happen, right? So this is yeah, pure... I know, it's, it's all it's on a the really drawing board. Yeah, 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 it's all on the drawing board, but... but but if it did happen, I think that if there was a bank that got themselves into trouble and collapsed and deposited yeah. lost them, it would be far less of a contagion effect because yeah. in that world, banks yeah. are running with a far, far higher degree of prudence. And it'd be Except like- There's no ability to do that. You can't, you can't have a fractional lending system and do that because you can't ever have enough cash on hand. Because when the bank run to your point, as, long, as, long, as soon as there's an alternative, right? That, that, that's why. That's why they had to say. But bank runs. But, but the bank runs. The bank runs. Why am I? Why am I rushing to take my money out of CBA if I have extreme confidence and? But no one I, does, mate. I, I, I can, I can see that they're, they're they're matched up in terms of their duration, their hedging, and all of that kind of stuff. It's just like because you're like, the average I'm, depositor. Every everyone else who's depositing money with CBA in that scenario goes, it's probably okay. But just in case. I'll take, well, why would you not take if you had the option if you if you knew there was a if bank run SVV starts right mm-hmm. you got Commonwealth Bank you go oh bugger this is not backstopped by the government it's never going to be backstopped by the government they've said explicitly we won't evaluate you're screwed and you see SVB fail you're like oh I should leave my money there for another week just just because it's probably okay or you say I can move it to what was the name of your bank the the, my, the one that sounds like the um, Custodia Custodia there I'm going to take, I'm going to move to Custodia because I can it cost free just in case yeah. There, there is there is no world in which that doesn't cause CBA to crash. There is yeah. zero because it's even if you believe it's fine, even if you've done the work, I haven't, yep. and your mate hasn't, and my mate hasn't, and there's enough of those who go, oh, just in case. I just, I just don't, I don't, well, I, I understand what you're saying, and intellectually, I completely agree. I think pragmatically, there, there is no world in which 75 percent of banks survive the next bank run. 
if there is no backstop. That, that's the, the world that we're in, the interlinked world we're in now. Mm-hmm. I'll get to Credit Suisse in a minute. <laughs> um, you know, there, there is no, uh, there's, well, just quickly, Credit Suisse is having problems now in part because people's faith in banks have been shaken further than they were. Yeah. And now people are, are re-evaluating the, the risk they're taking having their money in Credit Suisse. And that's, that, that's like, that, that, and, that, and that's with it in a world where they're going to be backstop, right? They're going to be, Credit Suisse is going to be saved in some way, shape or form because otherwise we have the next GFC. Mm-hmm. So, so even with that, you know, I, I just don't see a scenario in which we don't have 90% of money all of a sudden turning up in custodia and, and 75% of banks fail and we get into a five-year effectively depression. Like, it's worse than a recession, right? It's just like, until we rebuild the system, we're screwed. Yep. So it's almost it's almost baked beans and guns. Like, I just, I don't, I, I don't have any issue with the ideology behind your thought. Yeah. I just don't see how it practically actually works without destroying the system. I just don't, so, I don't so it see means that we're, it means that we're left with a system that's only as strong as its weakest link. So the, yes. the first, uh, any kind of significant bank that gets into trouble, yes. that's going to ripple through. That's the, that's the end. Yes. And when that happens, gun to the head, we, yep. when I say we, society, civilization, yes. bails, bails, oh, yes, absolutely. bails, yes. bails the bad actors yes. out, right? Yes. And my now, argument is that it's still less worse. We should fix it, which is we're going to regulation, but we should, we should fix it so it happens less often. It's not as severe. Well, we do. Yes. We fix it every, we fix it every crisis only yep. to wall them back and then go, go through it all again. Correct. So, Correct. It, But it's it, still costing us much less. You, you can take every crash from 2000 and 2000, pick a, pick a day till today. The cost of that to society is still orders of magnitude less than letting the run continue. That's yeah. why we do it. Yeah. I, I, I just think that we- I don't like it, but I don't yeah. know. Do, do, you think, do you honestly think that would end up, would we be more prosperous in 2022 had the system come in in 2020? I think, there's, I think there, is a, there is a massive benefit to society to have a much more robust and safe financial system. And yes, one, I agree with that. One that, is, <laughs> one, one that is sort of pyramided up on, mm-hmm. on all kinds of counterparty risks across the spectrum that, that it, it's, it's like a very, it's a Tinder dry um, scrub and yes. one spark somewhere is going to set the whole thing on fire. <laughs> yes. And, you know, it's, it's sort Except of- Except that the firefighters are there, right? So it's, we so, pay for the firefighters so that we don't have to raise the, you know, to, yeah. to empty the we're, field. We're, I mean, I'm we're both coming back towards I mean. regulation. We should get to it. But I, I, I do want to make the point here and, and I want to be very clear, to use the, the crypto word here and not the B word. Um, but everything <laughs> that thing. happened with uh, uh, Luna and all of these yeah. crypto scams yeah. was that the, you, they were offering 20% yields on yes. these products. Yes, and at yes, the yes. time, the meme that was going around mm-hmm. from the Bitcoiners and others who knew what was going on yes. um, was that if you're earning yield, oh, you're, totally. yeah. you're yeah. the product, right? Yes. In a lot of ways. And, and, and we all laughed at it. And, 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 they might have been using funny internet tokens to do their thing, mm, mm, but we're using funny Fed tokens to do it here. It's yeah. it's the same yes. thing. You're yes. an investor, and I say you go. I've got a, I've got a hundred grand here. I need to put it somewhere. Commonwealth Bank. I can throw it over there. Get probably half a percent in a savings account. And I say to you, no, Scott, lend it to Page Bank. I've just set up shop. I'm going to give you 20% deposit. Now, which one do you take? At first, yeah. face value, it's like well, obviously yes. you take the 20%. Until you think, well, hang on. How are you taking my money? What's being done with the money? Giving yeah. me twenty percent back <laughs> exactly. and still making it worth your while. That's it, right. That's it, right. It doesn't add up. It's just it, yeah. it's it's an impossible kind of situation. Now the yields in the real financial system aren't anywhere near that, but it's the same yeah. exact exact principle. Yeah. And and again, I just stress the point: when you put your money at the bank, you are giving the bank a low mm-hmm. interest rate loan. Yes. That's what you are. That's what yes. you are doing. And 
Just as if you are investing in emu farms or shares or anything like that, that investment, that loan, your asset, their liability has a counterparty risk. And whenever there's a counterparty risk, there is a risk that you could go down. And, and you take that risk happily because yeah. generally speaking along the risk spectrum, it's not that much of a risk. And I get 2%, you know, or whatever whatever it happens to be that they, well, I get less than that exactly. <laughs> for a long time. <laughs> Turn to positive, you, I do okay, but yeah, exactly. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So it's kind of yeah. like, it's, I just want to stress that point. It, mm-hmm. and, and so, and so we, okay, let's, let's bail everyone out. Um, now, if the taxpayer does it, well, when people say, oh, the government's going to bail it out, the government is us. Like that, yeah. that's where the money, they either borrow, they either poof the money into existence <laughs> or they borrow it from us or they not borrow it, they take it from us, right? Yeah. And I'm not saying that's bad and tax is theft. I'm not going down that, that, that line because <laughs> I, I don't agree with it. I'm very happy yeah, to pay you. tax for the, I'm not a libertarian. By the way, oh, one of the funniest things of this true. whole incident was all the libertarian mm. VCs going, we need a bailout. We need yeah, a bailout. That's like, so true. Dudes, you, you, were adv- you were very strongly <laughs> against any kind of government intervention except when yeah. it suits you and all of a sudden you're you very- know they say, mate, it's a con unless you're on it. Unless you're on Absolutely. It. <laughs> so anyway, it's it's there is a cost. Now look, let's yes. let's get to the, the solution very quickly. Yes. Uh, so, that. so what the Fed? What uh, it was. Um, I forget the, the name of all the Fed. Yes, thank you. All the yeah. different bodies. So Federal the Federal Deposit the, Insurance Corporation. For those who are wondering. Thank you. And so the way that they do that deposit guarantee is they charge a premium, an insurance mm. premium to all the banks in the system. Yep. And that's, that's what funds it. I think it's $100 billion or something there at the moment, not nearly enough to cover everything. And yeah. so they said, Biden said when he made, and by the way, you know, the president's making a special press again. So that's another thing. It's like, now I'm worried. You know, it's like the, ba- the <laughs> bank CEO fine. says, don't panic. I <laughs> wasn't, panic. but now that's I'm right. going to. That's oh, right. the president's saying we've got a strong financial system. Okay, it's the footy version of the of the co- of the uh, club chairman saying we've got full confidence in the coach. Like, oh, he's, <laughs> he's obviously gone. gone. He's yeah. gone. He, he's, he's, he's on seek right now. Oh mate. So <laughs> so they said they said actually we're going to deposit. We're, we're going to guarantee every deposit it could be ten yes. billion dollars. You get your yes. money yes. will be there and it will be available. Taxpayer mm-hmm. is not going to pay. Like, oh, that's good because that's that would suck. Why are my yes. taxes going to bail out these bad actors yes. Yes. Uh, and people who took uh, took silly risks? The banks will pay. They reading between the lines. Here, we're just going to charge them a bigger premium. Yes. Now I would sort of say, uh, poo, poo rolls downhill, <laughs> as they yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and what that means is that it was actually here's here's other second and third order effects that that mm. I don't know mm. if getting quite enough attention. What are the banks going to do in response to that? Do you think they're mm. likely to? absorb that cost themselves or do you think that they'll pass on whatever they they can what do you think it does to their cost of doing business and their returns mm-hmm. on equity yep. it yep. changes the maths of, yes. of the entire situation mm-hmm. so so, so it, 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 this is this is kind of un, un, unprecedented uh, in a way to, to this magnitude here's mm-hmm. what's also interesting they also said tell you what we'll give you a loan we're only going to charge you 0.1% above the official cash rate so it's a super cheap loan and as collateral, you can lodge all of this paper that they call it, these bonds, as, as collateral. Not at what they're worth, according mm-hmm. to the market. As yes. again, as they're now $60, $60 today, whereas $100 yet. We will lend it to you what they call at par. So yes. you've got this bond. Which is the face value of the bond. Yeah. Massively impaired. It's yep. not coming back anytime soon unless you want to wait 10 years for it to mature, right? Mm-hmm. And, and we're going to lend it to you at the full face value. So in a way, irony of ironies, did the Fed ever lower interest rates? I mean, sorry, did the Fed ever, <laughs> did the Fed ever increase interest rates if they're allowing yeah. people to borrow against it at part? You could arguably yeah. say, no, they're undermining, they've gone to this massive effort to, to tighten 
the financial settings to, to fight inflation. Mm. And in a pen stroke, they've walked back that significantly and massively. Again, they had to do something. So, you know, it's not right. going to be too. <laughs> but the, but, but now every bank is like, yes, oh, exactly. I'm fully yeah. backstopped. Oh, yeah. I, these losses that are very real are actually mm. no longer real. And oh, okay. Now, does that encourage less risky or more risky behavior? So and, I, this is, yeah. I'm, I go, no fish. Well, that's, that, 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 that's the point. And now when you see Credit Suisse, Suisse, yeah. Suisse, Suisse, Suisse. Ah, you know. Yeah. Potato, potato. <laughs> should, I really should know after 20 years. It looks years the same in the industry. I, 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 I'm going to say Swiss, but I, I've always called it Credit Suisse. Yeah, but I've heard it said I've, both ways. Probably, um, yeah. Go on. Depends what accent, I suppose. You, you, you <laughs> Swiss accent, it could let's be. Let's not start doing accents. That's, no, let's, let's avoid that. Um, this is a major bank, a Swiss yeah. bank, and they're yeah. basically getting into the same similar related issues. Yep. And and at, at, a, at a point, the insurance scheme is not going to cover. Well, it's, you know, and this is a Swiss bank as well. So there's all yeah. kinds of kind of contagions. Someone has to pay the piper. Now, this isn't nice. This isn't a, a good reality. It's not always a mm -hmm. fair reality. Correct. And we can decide Absolutely. on yes. how we want to make it. But Absolutely. someone's paying the piper here. Yes, correct. And, and, you know, and, and my argument is the, the price is worth paying for the benefit we get the rest of the time. That's a, that's a different a Well, different well I think this is where we agree. So what, we, what, yes. what you're saying, and this is the far more pragmatic and realistic solution is, okay, bail you out. I think what we would stress as strongly as we can is let's bail the buggers out if we have to because yeah. there's yes. a gun held once to our head. And fix it once and for all. Yeah, but yeah. let's put some proper regulations yeah. in. Yeah. What Trump did, and I'm not even trying to be political here, just as an no, idiotic no, I, move beyond the yep. idiocy. You yep. rolled back all of these rules that, again, that would Correct. have had it. So we, you, there are rules for a reason. If you get to operate a business in a in a systemically yeah. uh, crucial- yeah, We've you, decided you, these things are too big to fail. If, okay. You're, you're a fundamental part of the economy and we can't yes. afford you to fail. Yes. So, okay, yes. if you yes. want to run in that business, that's fine. But there are massive, massive amounts of red tape. Don't do it if you don't want to do it. Correct. But if you are <laughs> right. going to do it, you're going to yeah. run with the highest degree of, of safety. And you know what? That's going to make banks a lot less profitable. Boo-hoo. Boo-bloody-hoo, yep, right? But if, yep. that, if, if you don't get to make these egregious profits and have that implicit backstop, if you get that backstop, it comes with conditions and they need to be rock solid. Yep. Motley Fool Money. For more, subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash listener. So the, a couple of things, mate. The I, I really I've said this before on the podcast, and I don't know if we disagree with just different different explanations. But we're not bailing out those who made bad decisions, right, or took silly risks. And this is my this is why regulation. By the way, back to your point, is so dramatically important. I, I'm listening to a book at the moment called The University of Berkshire Hathaway. I don't know if I mentioned this on the pod last yeah, week. You may have mentioned it to me. I to think. You. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they talk about you know Buffett talks about running the business of Berkshire Hathaway such that he's never going to be relying on the kindness of strangers. He's the chief risk officer and he's going to be there. He's, he's, he's drawing, painting his masterpiece for not only his own lifetime, but for, for decades and decades hence. And so he's running a business very, as the major shareholder or the larger shareholder, running the, running the business in exactly the way he would want it run if he was, if he owned the business. When we end up with professional air quotes managers, a phrase that you introduced me two years ago, which I love, um, <laughs> that idea of, you know, the the professional manager who, who says, well, I'm here for the paycheck. I am going to do whatever I need to do to get my paycheck in three or four years. I'll be out of here, um, particularly a big bank if you're running that thing or you even, even in major senior ranks, right? Like mm -hmm. the incentives are all for 
making bad, risky decisions, hoping you're right. And if you're wrong, hoping you're gone by then. And even if you get caught, you say, well, it was still worth the risk. I could, I could have made $20 million. If it doesn't work out, I get nothing. I don't get less than nothing because no one comes and takes my house off me. So that's still a very good bet. You make that bet every day of the week mm. because you're not responsible for it. And when we talk about, this is my only kind of ranty stuff. We talk about bailing out the banks. We then say we're bailing out the banks because the banks made silly decisions and did stupid things. Mm. And I think, it, it, I think that inadvertently confuses the owners and the managers because you know, the, the shareholders are screwed. We're not bailing out the shareholders. SVB shareholders will have almost entirely exactly zero when this is finished. Mm -hmm. The execs have lost their jobs. So do we bail oh, out the bank? Oh, boo hoo. No. boo By the <laughs> way, by the I'm way, sorry for them. they should have much more. Like, I think that you want to fix something. When you start putting like criminal penalties around this kind of stuff. Right, right. You know, when, when my uh, downside is I get fired. Totally, totally. I'm not saying I feel sorry for them. My point is that... Who, 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 you know, we, we are not bailing out the execs and we're not bailing out the shareholders. No. So we bailing call it bailout. We say we bail out the bank. What we're doing is basically, yeah, exactly, bailing out depositors. Yep. And even then, mate, here's the other thing, right? So for all the FDIC stuff, we're not actually paying the depositors anything necessarily. Depending on if the if the full face and forth of, of force of the government slash FDIC, US Fed, US Treasury, it's a lot of them all wrapped together, can actually mean that they can sell the full deposit book and the full loan book to somebody else. It's very possible, it's not really likely, but it's very possible the government actually won't spend a dollar to do this. And that's the, that's the benefit of the capital C confidence thing, right? Because all you say is, no, 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 you'll get your money. And everyone goes, oh, okay, well, they don't take it out then. No, you don't. Cool. And the, the, the borrowers will still pay it back. Yeah, they'll still pay it back. Okay, cool. So then what? And effectively, all you're doing is saying, and you're transferring the assets and the liabilities to another bank. Mm. As long as those assets and liabilities are... Uh, and this is what I said before about it wasn't a question of the bank making bad loans. The assets of the of SEB were never at question. Again, there might be some failures in there, but as, as a group, were never in question. It was their ability to actually run the business and make money and, and avoid that bank run. So the, 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 there may actually be zero payout from, from the FDIC because it may not need to pay anybody anything if it can find a buyer for the, the loan book and the, and the deposit book because... The only problem with it was the mismatch, the, the timing, the bank run itself was the problem. Mm. Nothing else was the problem. Now, the mark-to-market stuff, I back the, oh, by the way, mate, I don't necessarily know. I'd, that was a rule that was brought in, I think it was post-GFC. I'm reasonably sure that's a, that was a mistake in terms of the way they do it for exactly this reason. You create artificial problems that actually don't exist if you hold to maturity. And there's no reason they don't need to hold to maturity unless it's a bank run. So we're kind of, we're making them write down a value that frankly doesn't need to be written down for the sake of it. Uh, unless there's a run because you don't need the money. So at some point there is a, and that's part of the regulation change, I'd, I'd look at, at, at modifying. Mm. But I just want to say that because it's, you know, mm. we say, oh, the FDIC has got this much money, they're going to have to spend all that money making the depositors whole. Not necessarily. If, if, if another bank buys the, buys the assets and liabilities of SVB, mm. at probably, they'll probably get some sort of discounts, so they'll probably pay something, the FDIC, to kind of, you know, oil the wheels. But if you're a bank, you're already operating on 2% margins. If you, could, if you can buy the assets and liabilities of SVB at a 5% discount, you're going to do it every day of the week as long as you trust the value of those assets. Mm. So I, I, you know, I just think we kind of need to be a little bit careful. We're not, we're not bailing out the bank. We're not bailing out the shareholders. We're not bailing out the execs, which is, back to your point, though, exactly why it's problematic. Because I, we've said this about CBA before and others. The shareholders of SVB, I don't know who owns SVB, actually, but let, let's assume it's a, a similar-ish uh, shareholder base to the Commonwealth Bank. Well, let's make it out the Commonwealth Bank. If, if the head of the Commonwealth Bank does something really stupid, the bank goes broke. The government will, air quotes, bail out the bank, but it won't really because the CEO loses his job. The shareholders lose their money. Um, the shareholders don't want, at least if you ask them, whether they're complicit, it's an open question, I suppose. But they're not saying, can you please go and take risky bets just in case I can get a bit extra? 
because I'm not getting, you know, the, the, the bonus as a proportion of the time put into it. You know, if CBA CEO gets $20 million for, for a year's work, the ROI on that time is astronomical. If a CBA shareholder gets an extra 5% of the share price, I don't reckon anyone saying, I, I take five if you take stupid risks, but four and a half if you don't. Mm. I, you know, people say, I'll take the four and a half. Thanks very much. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, as a shareholder, want you to do that. My my issue is absolutely the regulation. It's absolutely the actions of the bank CEOs and and senior staff. I don't think the bailout itself is necessarily the problem. I don't think again the shells don't get bailed out. So it's who, who gets bailed out? No one really. In fact, if it works properly, the assets get transferred because the FDIC says if something goes wrong, we're here. It's like oh, okay, good, we're done then. Mm. So I, I just want to make those points. I think I think they're important to think through how we change now regulation wise. We have, and by the way, I should say, the banks in Australia particularly, and certainly around the world for most of the world, are much better capitalised than in 07. Mm-hmm. The capital rules, they are they are, have been increased three times, I think. I think we're up to bar three. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're better than they were. They're still insufficient. And the risk management is still insufficient. And the regulator was probably asleep or was, as you said, mate, because of the Trump changes. Basically, Trump raised the ceiling for the asset assets at which you're a considered a systemically important bank with with stronger regulation mm-hmm. under the under the pre-trump rules svb would have been re- required to do different things yeah but he raised the ceiling svb that fell under that ceiling so now they don't have to do those things that was probably a large part of what brought svb undone but that's the that's the challenge so the I, I banking think lobby in was, australia has been consistently pushing for similar i oh, mean they're, they're, they're an interest yeah. group right so Absolutely. yeah they're going to press for it and, 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 and the reason they the, do it is yeah. be, is because there's more money to be made but that money, the cost of that opportunity is greater systemic risk and all of those and, problems. And who do you think they're trying to make money for? You reckon the banking lobby are trying to make money for the shareholders? You reckon they're trying to make money for the executives? Because I think uh, it's just, I mean, you know, you can explain it to a twelve-year-old <laughs> and they'll get it. Really you know, I, I don't, I don't know what's yep. so hard to understand here. But, yep. but, but these yep. things get through big, big because. Yep. politicians. Correct. I guess I Correct. don't know. It's madness. Absolute madness. Exactly. There's no adults. There's no adults in the room. There's not. So, or, I, or, 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 or I should say, no, um, no. Credit where it's due. Um, Apra did knock back a lot of these things. That's that's absolutely. Mm. I should should be fair. And and and, and that's your true. point is that the the like. Look, here's here's something. Just mm. just to be. Let's be real for a second. Okay. This this could in theory happen in Australia. Absolutely, it could yes. happen tomorrow. Yep. I mean, there's, yep. there's, there's nothing that can be done to stop it if we all. Particularly take because our all it would back. require is for us all to lose faith for any reason, real or imagined. Yep. If we all tomorrow said, Commonwealth Bank might go broke, I better take my money out. We all log on to internet banking and transfer our cash tomorrow. Yep. Commonwealth Bank is insolvent in half an hour. Now, oh, by the way, the other one, I've, I've t- talked about this before. I last looked at the FY22 results. I use CBA because it's the strongest bank. By the way, if you'd held, why are banks considered such a great investment over the last 10 years? <laughs> you have just been, uh, the, even with dividends reinvested, yep. I think the best you would have done was in CBA, which is about 8% total return compound. Yep. The others were 2%, 4%, one was negative. It's just, just like, what a woeful, massive underperformance, even with the yield. The answer um, to your question, by the way, is because we learn lessons slowly and we change our minds slowly. Yeah. So because of the, the decade echo, before. The echo, it's the echo of the 30 years that kind of finished in probably 2015-ish, I think. Yeah, round about then. Yeah, it was. It sort of had a, a hiccup, let's call it, during yes. the GFC. Yeah, and that's then right. Ra- yeah. Back. Bounce back and yeah, exactly. Anyway, so I keep going. Uh, um, so, the, the, so uh, again, I, I want to say this is going to happen. I'm just explaining yep. the maths. And yeah, it worked yeah. out that if, if CBA took an impairment on 10% of its assets and right. its assets being things like home, it's, three quarters of its book is, is home loans, residential yep. home loans. So I, I can't do the exact maths, but if all of those assets dropped by about 10%, they're yes. insolvent. 
They've got more liabilities than that. And so there's another way that it can happen. So I'm just saying, yeah. I'm, just, and these, I'm not saying this will happen or could happen mm-hmm. or is likely to happen, it, but it can happen. Yeah. Um, uh, at the same time, the regulations, the buffers, the rules are much, much, much more strict here. Mm-hmm. So I do, I do want to make that, I don't want to put the fear of, of God into people, but it just, mm-hmm. I, I think that is a consequence of us not really having a recession in 30 odd years or whatever. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, is that we, we look at these institutions as rock solid. When in fact they are, as a business model, usually pretty damn cyclical, and as we've seen, at least on a global thing, like they fail very regularly. Yeah. Um, so we we have to be vigilant as a society. I think you know if we're gonna if again if we're gonna have this devil's bargain where he, you know put your money with us because you have to, or yeah. you know get get a shovel yeah. and, and, and a vault, um, you know, uh, <laughs> yep. the, 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 it is the it is the very least we can do is have the absolute highest standards. If that means that the bank gets a return on equity of four percent or whatever, I'm mm. cool with that. And I think yeah, we all need to I be agree. cool with that, right? I agree. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know the, and these things weren't traditionally super high returning. Asset businesses, they just no. weren't. I mean, back to the Medici's in, in Italy. They, yeah. These things, they're not super high-yielding investments. They should be well-run, safe businesses. And this is the other thing, and this is why regulation is so important, because we are. there is no justifiable reason for the taxpayer slash the government to backstop in actual cash or confidence a badly-run business, except that, in my view, there is no alternative. So... If that's the real, if that's the bargain we've made, if the bargain is we will never let a bank fail, then they're entitled to a, as your to your point, be sufficiently capitalised so it's really really unlikely, and b, run the business such that it is not it, it is you know very 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 well run, uh, not making silly risks, making sure the record keeping and the management are up to date. It, from what I understand, the SVB stuff is a straight out treasury management failure of just not matching things up. It's like it's not even, it's not even difficult. This was it's a Silicon Valley bank, which makes it sound sort of techy, right? Mm. This is just a allegedly badly, very badly run bank where they just simply went, that doesn't match that. Oh, never mind. We'll be okay. You know, right? And it was it was just, just stupidity. And so yeah. they they just they ran the thing badly. They made stupid decisions. I don't know why. I don't know what incentives were in place. To your point, made or just straight out wishful mm. thinking, hoping whatever else they are. But this is a situation. And the regulator in a I won't blame the regulator because I don't know whether they had the regulation to apply. Mm. But the combination of those things is the easiest thing in the world, right? It's just literally they actually have to report to the RBA regularly yep. on what they're doing, who they're lending to, how much they're lending, what their mismatches are, check the duration, check the asset quality. All the stuff that needs to be done is really, really important. I still will go back though, mate, to the point of, I think the mark-to-market accounting stuff doesn't necessarily, I, I think if we, if we think about what the banks are, making the mark stuff to market artificially reduces, unless they are available for sale assets, but if available for sale doesn't mean they're going to be sold. It's the old long-term you know, current assets versus versus non-current assets, right? Um, just because they are a current asset doesn't mean they're going to be used up. It just means that you know they're, they're available to be used. Assets held available for sale is one thing, but if if you can get that back, forcing them to report lower... And again, this is, this is a regular change. Pre, I think it's pre, pretty sure it was GFC. Pretty sure they didn't have to do that. Now they do. So what, what changed in the, bank, the way banks were nothing, except now it looks like it's worse temporarily, makes the bank runs more likely because you force them to, to put out a financial statement which says, if I had to sell it now, I'd get 60 cents in the dollar. Are you going to? No, but if I did it, I'd get this. Well, then that doesn't seem, you know what I mean? Like it's, well, they, 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 they might have the we, intention not to, but they might be forced to because say depositors want their money back. Which, and, which is the circle thing, right? Because they don't want their money back if the assets are okay. It was part of that mismatch where they went, 
all bugger. These don't match. I better get my money out now. One, yeah, you're right. But there are other things outside of a a bank run. You know, it it could could be investors just chasing better yield elsewhere. It could be that that I'm a startup that's got an app that does absolutely nothing and I've raised $10 billion in some ridiculous (laughs) bubble of a VC spending orgy and I've got all of that money there. And guess what? I've gone out of business because no one wants to use my stupid app. Um, yep. And so then the deposits go away and get drawn down, just get bled out and get used. So there are there are things that can happen, not just because there's a bank run because people are nervous, just because there people are just drawing on their money and taking it elsewhere, not for fear mm-hmm. of collapse. But mm-hmm. then you get that that's that's really the very start of this story where these things started to sort of happen, and then people started to notice the mismatch, and then people started correct, to correct, notice correct. that, and then and then that led to the bank run, and that just f- f- threw fuel onto the fire. Yes. It, you know, it is. So, so look, let's, let's look. The so what after all of that is what do I do? What does it mean for the markets? <laughs> so we should probably talk about that before we, we run out of time. Um, I just wanted to sneak something in before we did. Oh, During dear. a massive risk off banking crisis, mm. Bitcoin surged 30%. <laughs> and you know why? Do you know why? So there's a, uh, there's a few factors at play. Because, because, Desperation is a wonderful thing if you have a speculative asset class. Look, it's it's there's a lot of anecdote in, in this, okay. but there's there's a lot of here's the again irony of ironies. A year a year ago <laughs> from today, if you were a corporation, <laughs> you would have been safer putting your money in Bitcoin than a US two year bill. <laughs> just incorrect. as a, this fact, right? Fundamentally just, incorrect. Fundamentally incorrect. Well, even incorrect. Safer? Yeah, safer. What, no, no. In what what happened over the last year with those bonds versus what's happened with Bitcoin? One is no, 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 no. Safer. So in two years' time, you're going to get the face value back. You have no. There, no, that is that is. I, I'm, not, I'm going to assume you misspoke, Andrew Page. No, you get your you get your absolute cash back in two years' time unless the U.S. government no, fails. No I'm, no, I'm just making a statement of fact. I said, had you done that, you would have been in a better position. And by the way, no, you said, no, no, you, said safe, you said safer. You said safer. Okay. I want to be really clear. You said you'd okay. be safer. You would have been better off. That's true. That and is that, absolutely that is, okay. True. So okay, I'll clarify. I'll get away with safer. And <laughs> your money's there because it's it's full bearer backed bearer. Well, your, to- your tokens are there. Yeah, they're absolutely there. And and so what's happened is what's sell them at the price. I, did, I just want to make the point because it's fascinating. So again, you've got Silicon Valley <laughs> yeah. customers here. Yes, they've gone. Now before this is this is, it's kind of a lot of momentum is maintained. But before the the big backstop of all the deposits, mm. okay crap, we've got $20 million here. What do we do with it? Yeah. Uh, let's put it in this thing. Okay. Is yep. it going to be volatile? Yeah. Uh, a bond's volatile? Yeah. Turns out extremely volatile. <laughs> um, so it's, so there was, is there a risk? Absolutely. Um, yeah. But, but a lot of companies uh, put money into that, not for speculative purposes, mm-hmm. but, but for preservation of treasury purposes. And, and that is a fascinating, fascinating turn of events. Particularly in between the time at which SVB was going broke and the FDIC hadn't said they're going to f- cover all deposits. At right. that point, you're yep. like, hey, up to 250, I'm covered, I'm good. Yep. Up after that, I'm going to get somewhere between zero and 100% of my money back. Yep. And so at some point, you make the, you make the speculation of, it's a bit, it goes back to a kind of bank run. Um, what's that bloody thing I've lost? I keep dropping out of my A head. wonderful Custodia? life. Custodia? Custodia. No, custodia. Oh, Custodia, yeah. Um, you know, it's it's it is. You know, you kind of go, okay, well, where else can I put it just in case? And yep. you're, you're absolutely. It, it makes perfect sense to me that between now, at this isn't that point, fascinating though? Isn't isn't that? Yes. I mean, isn't I, I? I don't want to make any. All my only point is yep. is that the fact that more than a fringe element of this cohort thought that that was a good idea 
is a yeah. noteworthy and almost potentially yeah. historical moment because because that that was something that would not even be considered yeah. a yes. few years ago, Correct. and and it's it's noteworthy. It's all you, you mentioned you mentioned or well, you mentioned internet banking right and how quick a bank run can be. It's, I think it's a function of that because yeah. you know the old bank run would have been go to the branch, stand in line with a whole lot of people. Northern Rock. So back in back in the the, the internet. Oh, in the UK. Uh, yeah. yeah, they literally, they had lines out this, this phase. Greece, same thing, lines out the door. People trying to get their money out of these mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. Um, because they're limited, by the way. You can still do that on the internet banking. So there is a chance the bank says, actually, you can use internet banking, but you can only take 100 bucks out at a time or whatever. So mm-hmm. those things are are also real. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think in terms of the, the the opportunity, A, internet banking, B, it's a digital currency you can you can buy in an instant. Yeah. So there's a whole lot of, I, I absolutely get why you would. You know, In the old days, it might have been take the money out, put it in the backyard or take money out, go and buy treasury bonds Mm. over the counter at the local government office or whatever. Mm. Mm. The sheer process, even even these days, can you buy treasury bonds online? Probably, I don't really know the process, but Mm. if you could literally go a quick, okay, press the button. Now I personally, given the choice of buying a a, a government bond or Bitcoin, I take the government bond because I know I get the money back. Um, but leaving it in, in might not that get the purchasing bank. power back, but you'll get the nominal value back. But, but yeah, right, right. Yeah. But, there's, but there's, well, there's, no, there's no downside risk to the nominal value, at least, right? Whereas mm-hmm. if you buy any asset, including not, not talking about Bitcoin, but you know, you, you could mm-hmm. like I could take my money out of SVB and bought uh, CBA shares with it, or, mm-hmm. or you know, Berkshire shares with it. And the same thing. There's 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 room on both sides. Yeah. So it really depends on what you're looking for. But you're right. At the point in time which you're like, I need to get this out now. What can I do? You can spin up a Bitcoin wallet, and I assume a minute and a half, yep. throw the money in there. Maybe you lose 5, 10, 15%. Maybe you make 5, 10, 15%. Yep. Any, whatever range of outcomes you have there is unlikely to be as big as the range between zero and 100 when it comes to the money that was at that point unsecured in, in the bank. And frankly, with interest rates being as wild and crazy as they are, those mm. kinds of swings are not inconceivable if you would opt yeah, for a treasury. Yeah. You know? Absolutely, yes. And so it's, if, you want, it, if you wanted to redeem it, in the secondary market, yes. Yes, yes, ab- absolutely. Yeah. And so it's, yeah. I, 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 well, again, just going back a little bit here, typically because there's a lot of, during all that crypto nonsense, so a lot of sort mm. of hot Wall Street money and this kind of thing. So <laughs> generally speaking, there's been a bit of a an exaggerated but nevertheless very real correlation between tech stocks, financial yeah. conditions with Bitcoin. It's just people need something to look at when they when, mm. when they gamble on this thing because a lot of people just ga- <laughs> gambling right. with it. Yes, let's exactly, let's, exactly. let's be honest um, about that. Yep. So if you had said, I think if you and I were chatting a week ago and said, what would happen if the 16th largest <laughs> bank in the US was <laughs> was collapsed and Credit Suisse yeah, was on yeah. the verge of bank and the, what do you think in that instance happens to Bitcoin? I think a lot mm. of us would go, even the even the diehard believers will go. Well, look, the network survives and it's fine. But it's man, you know, it, it's called risk off. They call it the risk off trade when everyone goes, "Ooh, it's scary," and we all take our money out. <laughs> and and so you would say, "Oh, Bitcoin drops fifty percent in that scenario." Yeah. You yeah. don't go. It goes up thirty percent. No, I think know, that's like, right. Actually, that's yeah, just. It's just. Right. It is just as whether yeah. that's right or wrong. I don't even want to yeah, get yeah. into it. But I just yeah. want to make the comments like, yeah, that's, yeah absolutely, huh. That's and interesting. And what next is, is fascinating too, right? Because maybe it goes back, maybe it doesn't. It, yep. These are these are these breakpoints in 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 momentum in in you know where things change, maybe permanently or maybe not. Again, we don't we know what happens next. Maybe this yep. is maybe this is the coming of age of Bitcoin, or yep. maybe it's one of those. Huh? That was an interesting way to kind of just throw your money sideways, pull it back out, price goes back down again. Yep. we're back to where we were. It, it was could a nice happen thing to have available. Yeah. Um, but either way, to your, to your point, the fact it happened and the fact it was a an available alternative and and potentially for a lot of these guys a credible alternative. I do wonder, mate, for what it's worth though. Fascinating. Um, this what these were the tech bros. I do wonder what would have happened had it been the oh. Wachovia Bank of West Virginia. Yes, you know, I don't imagine there is the same 
propensity. There would definitely be some impact, and some people would have taken that option for sure. Yeah, um, I'm making up names, of course, but you know, it's one of those. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, like, I, again, I, I'm careful not to. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah. I, I, I think it, I just wanted to make the comment because it's sort of like I remember when I saw it, I was not upset, but I was surprised. I was like, huh. Hey, because we're running out of time here, and in um, I've, I've oh, we ran out of time. Segued, I've, se- I've segued into uh, Bitcoin, <laughs> so I'll pull, my, I'll pull myself away. back from that. Go on, go on. Um, what you're an investor in the yes. in Australia? You've yes. got a portfolio of shares and ETFs. Yes, this is happening. What do you do? I've written about this, and my answer was absolutely nothing. But I had the luxury of not owning bank shares, so mm-hmm. I I don't know. <clears throat> I, well, by the way, just quick, quick, quick interjection. Yes. You said you time stamped it before, before the market yeah. had opened. Oh no, go on. So uh, let's have a look. We've got uh, 10.29 a.m. Uh, refresh, where's my refresh button? <laughs> uh, <laughs> CBA shares, CBA shares are down 2%. That's what you're looking for? Yeah. Uh, you know what? You know what I'm looking forward to? Um, no, no financial journalist in the world is going to end the day going, CBA shares were off 1.95% today. They'll go, $13 billion wiped, <laughs> wiped off. off. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What do, you, what do you do as an investor? Um, I was never particularly worried about SVB even while over the weekend because for better or worse, and we've talked about better or worse, I think better you think worse, but for better or worse, mm-hmm. uh, no, we don't actually. No, I think it's, I, in this instance, the way the world is, I think it yeah. is for better. They had to yeah. bail. Yeah. So, so I, it was always going to happen. I mean, there, there, was a, there was a chance it wouldn't have happened, but it was always going to happen. Yep. So, you know, was I worried about contagion? I still am a little bit um, because we've seen what happens if you lose trust. And that trust and confidence can be supported by regulators, but can't be ever forced by regulators. You can do mm-hmm. everything you can to say, it's okay, we're here, <laughs> daddy's here, you know, off you go back to sleep. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it, they've, they've said that, and that probably works. No guarantee, but probably works. Uh, I have said a lot that I don't think people are taking good risks being overexposed to banks. You've said that too, probably more Mm -hmm. forceful terms. Mm -hmm. Um, I think if you have banks in your portfolio, you should be really carefully thinking about how much exposure you have to- But the dividend yield, Scott, the dividend yield. This is always the retort I get is like, yeah, I hear what you're saying, but I get a great dividend. And knock yourself out. If 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 you want to chase that dividend yield for the potential, downsides and remember remember this is what i really want to be really clear about svb depositors and lenders are fine the financial system is fine svb shareholders have precisely a donut right they've got nothing now maybe they get cents in the dollar back because maybe they find a buyer in this excess capital or something there's probably not but maybe there is so i don't want to say it's exactly zero but uh, you know you are the bank the bank will not bail you out the bank will bail out the depositors and lenders that's why i made the point before it wasn't it was partly about the system and partly about the the actions but if you're a bank shareholder don't think a bailout means you're okay a mm-hmm. bailout means you're gone mm-hmm. in lloyds in the uk we talk about northern rock uh, the uk government bought nine or forcibly bought acquired 90 percent of lloyds now you still got a tenth of your money left over but if you're your nine dollar 93 dollar commonwealth bank shares to be worth nine dollars thirty well, that's what happens if someone else acquires 10, 90% of your bank. So Actually, mate, it doesn't even, just, sorry to interrupt, but it doesn't even have, there there's a spectrum here, right? So uh, let's, yes. let's talk fact in recent history. When the GFC happened, CBA issued, tw- increased its shares outstanding by 20%. Now, as everyone knows, in, in Australia, we avoided a recession. In Australia, we didn't have a calamity. I mean, there was exposure to a global sort of contagion event. But relatively, we were okay. So it was a moderate impact to yes, what could yes. have been a disastrous yep. impact. Yep. 
Correct. And and despite it being only a relatively moderate impact, you yeah. still got diluted twenty percent. Yeah, right. Exactly. Now, so the the so what for the investors is despite that or after that, we've all done very well. So almost always, and like no one, no guarantees, no promises. Selling and panicking is a terrible idea, particularly after the fact which already priced in. You know, if I was an FWB shareholder, I could have panicked on Wednesday. I would have, because I would have made, sold my shares and made a lot of money. But you can't. You don't get to panic in advance. That's not how it works, right? So, you know, if you get out before anything happens, fine, fantastic. Generally speaking, so two things. One, you're not going to know in advance. So good luck with that. Second, uh, the the potential panics. So if you told every bank on whatever day it was, Monday, I think Australian time. Um, you know, would you have made or lost money over the next 12 months? I don't know. We don't know yet. We'll find out mm. in 11 and a half months' time. Mm. But certainly for the rest of the market, you know, when, when Woolly shares falls 2% because some Silicon Valley bank goes broke, you're like, okay, that's just silly, right? People mm. are just selling stuff because they're selling stuff. Mm. Uh, my, my, my general view is, A, the panics, the results of the panics are normally not as bad. And certainly over the long term, almost never as bad as you imagine. I would say mm. actually almost exactly never, but no promises. Mm. Oh, but of every 10, um, of every 10, uh, panics that are expected, one might happen if you're lucky. So the other thing is if you panic about a panic and you're wrong, then you've actually lost money as well. The market goes up over time. So as an investor, what what did I do? What would I do? What should I do? Nothing. I did literally nothing. If I owned 60% of my portfolio on banks, I would have lightened very quickly. Thank you very much. But mm-hmm. I don't, so I didn't. A lot of people are doing you? that this morning, mate. A lot of people they are doing that. They yeah. should be. They absolutely should be. It, it, it's, it's madness to be exposed to a single sector with a single risk with more than a certain proportion of your portfolio. And just because you own four banks doesn't make you diversified four ways. No, right? you're not diversified in the slightest. I mean, you might be. Mm. You're only one of them might go broke. So you probably, you might probably, if you're going to have 60% of your portfolio in banks, at least have four rather than one. That's true. Mm. But don't don't pretend that gives you some sort of fancy extra diversification that diversifies away the risk. Mm-hmm. Um, if I had more than 10% of my portfolio in the banks, I'd be uncomfortable. If it was mm. more than 20%, I'd be, I'd be very, very nervous. Mm. Not because I expect anything. Same with anything, by the way, like almost anything. I own Berkshire is a big chunk of my portfolio, so Solpat, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pretend. I, I'm, you know, particularly clean on this one, but I don't want I don't want ten percent of my portfolio in any in any industry, any company that's not just one of those absolute bulletproof, rock solid businesses. And even then, is there is there a chance Berkshire has a problem? Yeah, Solpats. Yeah, I suppose. So, you know, maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm kidding myself, but definitely not a single. I don't want all you know ten percent mining. I don't want ten percent banks. I don't want ten percent anything. Mm. Um, yeah, but certainly not more than that. Definitely not more than that. I think the the point to make is that. That stance that you outlined was true before all of this, anyway. So it's not yes, a, yes. necessarily right? a, re- a reactionary. Just a reminder, stance. hopefully. <laughs> yes, it's not. A, so I, I think, and and yeah, and, point, and you said before we can't know what's going to happen, and you're right. Yeah, so yeah. I don't think either of us was sort of saying get the hell out of the banks because they're they're about to collapse or anything like that, or that they could. Yeah. I think for me, and again, even taken outside of this, it's just, you know, it's we could almost have a drinking game around me saying the word asymmetry. <laughs> but you, you can't know the future. You can make an educated yes. guess and you, yes. you need to at a point. But when when you have a scenario, and this is where it's sort of been my refrain with, with the banks um, in, in recent times, is that mm. if everything goes a, a, a ahead, and nothing disastrous happens, I might, with dividends and franking credits, get close-ish to a 10% annual return, something around yeah. that. In yeah. fact, it's probably yeah. a little bit lower, you know, depending on how ambitious you wanted to be on some growth assumptions, but just yeah. extrapolating long-term average, a very highly 
mature businesses, you know, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of area to grow into. So very mature have, business, very mature category. Never going to grow that fast. Category. They're just right. not going to. They, 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 they're they're, they're going to be around hopefully, but they're not going to grow that much, and that's fine. Yep. Yep. But 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 I think too often investors, whether it's a bank or whether it's a small cap startup tech stock or whatever it happens yeah. to be, where you look at you look at oh what could I get? You also have to contrast that with what could go wrong. And yes. when you have a scenario where it's like everything goes okay and all said, all told, I get maybe 8% annualized return. <laughs> if things do go wrong, I don't think it's likely, but they could go wrong and I'm down 30%, it's just a really ordinary bet. I want a right. bet where if I'm wrong, it's just like, oh, I'm going to lose a little bit of money because I was wrong, but I don't get wiped out. But if I'm right, I want, to, I want much, much, much more upside. I'm, I'm basically trying to flip loaded coins here rather than flip coins that are 50-50 or even worse in the case of, of some of the banks here. Because uh, again, if you, let's, let's, you know, you need to have a bit of humility here. The best analysis, the best spreadsheets in the world, you just, you're, gonna, you're not going to be able to know, but at least you want the spread of possibilities to skew in your favor. And I think for too long people, and this has been the story of the last 10 years, as I said, the, the, the returns for bank shareholders have been woeful. The banks have not gone under. There's not been any major problems. They've still been paying all of their dividends, but it's kind of like in that environment where things have you know, been okay. I've still gotten a worse return than I than I would have in an ING savings account in some instances. You know, so it's it it's just it's just a very unappealing bet. Does that mean that I don't either of us would never touch a, a bank share? No. You know, you know what you do if there is ever kind of, kind of there's blood on the streets here and they're recapitalizing. Mm. I'd be backing up the truck because <laughs> I know they're going to be bailed out. I know I'm not going to suffer the pollution. Oh, I'm, I'm getting again, into- though, mate. I'm going to say I wouldn't assume they're going to be bailed out from a shareholder's perspective. I I, I hear you. I, I think they'll be backstopped to some degree. But if it comes to a bailout, I think you as a shareholder. Sorry, you're gone. sorry, sorry. So so they've announced the capital raise and it's going. So in other words, this is yeah. the, this is what happened yes, to GFC. Yes, so so yes, here's yes. here's our problem. We're doing this to it, and people people aren't going. No thanks, and we're yes. in trouble. They're going. Okay, yeah. we'll go ahead. Here's, take we're, my money. The yeah, institutional exactly. raise. Has been, <laughs> so I'm talking very deliberately here yeah. at a point where it's kind of like we're impaired. We're taking a loss. We need more capital, but we're around. What do you have in that environment? You have an extreme drop in profits and you have the extreme drop in the market multiple that people yes, are prepared right, right. to pay. But when you look ahead five years, you go, well, they're not, they're not going out of business. I'm getting to buy. This, 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 what was the lesson of the GFC? When the banks were in, in 2008, buy the bloody banks because that was, right. that was, you know, you don't have to wait necessarily for that kind of a fat pitch, but That's geez, right. I would be That's very right. tempted when that happened. And I'd certainly be much more interested if I felt as though um, just just the general skew of possibilities was just like, well, heads heads I win and I, I might get a 15% annualized return. Tails, I might only lose 10%. That, something like that becomes a lot more interesting, but it's just not there yet. But it's it's cool. It's there. I'm aware of it. And one day, I don't know when, I might get the chance. And when I do, I'll act there. And in the, in the meantime, a lot of better opportunities in my mind. Okay. Uh, we, we are miles over time. And at this point, I don't care because if you're still here, you're still listening. So let's keep going. Let's push okay. through. Uh, only to say, only to ask you rhetorically, because you made your point very clear. ANZ is on a P of 9.9 times earnings mm-hmm. and an earnings level that has been not, not growing at all, but well, a little bit, but really consistent over the last trying to find a number consistently crap uh, yes that's true well, that's my point right so my point is it's not it's not it's not it doesn't seem to be an unusually elevated cyclically elevated level of earnings mm-hmm. so 
you know, the, a DCF would say a non-growth business. You could pay is it like twelve times I think earnings and get, yeah, get an okay something return. like that. Yep. So I'm I'm buying I well not but if I could be buying NAB for nine point nine times earnings. Those earnings are about you know they're, they're not they're not cyclically high earnings. They're paying six and a half percent fully frank dividend yield. I am not buying the shares. I'm not asking you to talk, convince me talk me out of it. I am though going to ask a little bit rhetorically. Dude, like I know you want a better price. Maybe you get a better price, or maybe you don't. But at nine point nine times, very, very modest earnings, historically speaking, uh, how much better does it need to get before? I mean, over the long term, the banks have been a poor. Sorry, over the last decade or so, the banks have been a poor investment. Mm-hmm. Maybe because I started a P that was too high. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's you know, it's we got to separate the, the the share price from the bank performance. Mm-hmm. I don't know, dude. I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's a ter- such terrible value at this sort of level. Yeah, it's well. It's definitely better value than it was after what's, <laughs> what's happened with the share price. I mean, it's, the, the, but share, the market does it just, not beat the market from nine point nine times a very flat level of earnings. Well, the yeah, you're yes, it 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 is it is appealing. The, the core part of the the underpinning of that view though is that earnings will be flat. So there is a there is yeah, a correct. potential for earnings to take a whack because they have to take impairments on their assets because yes. they lose deposit. You know, again, I'm not saying it's it's disaster kind of stuff, yeah. but but if even if just the general, you know, I think pretty much I, I can't think of a single analyst or economist who doesn't think the U.S. is probably likely in for a recession at some point. There, there are just I mean, these right, this right. happens. It just as I said, the, the nature of these business models is intrinsically cyclical. Yeah. And the nature of the Australian banking sector more than most around the world is that it's just purely about residential mortgages, right? <laughs> so there, to my, to, you know, this is where my bias is going to be um, not so subtly revealed, is that <laughs> if I thought that earnings yeah. were stable from here, yeah, yep. I'm interested, you know, because not only is the, is, the, is the PE relatively low, but what is it? The mm-hmm. yield is 6.5% fully frank. So gross that up with some franking credits. I'm almost getting 10% just on the dividends. Everything else is, yeah. everything else is a free kick. As you said, probably not much growth, maybe multiples go up to 12. It's, it's, a, it's a decent proposition, but it's not a decent proposition if you feel as though earnings will be under pressure. Interestingly enough, just looking at the screen now, I don't think these are probably not, everything's happening in real time here and very fast. (laughs) So the forecasts I'm looking at are probably for at least from a week or so ago. But all of the people who follow this, and and, and it's just a scientific fact that that analysts tend to be more biased to the positive. It's it's like you said the other day, there's like like literally like two sell recommendations across all of the sell side broker space. Um, But they're calling essentially earnings flat. And that's that was with a reasonable recovery narrative underpinning it, and so mm-hmm. I just don't I just don't see the the appeal for me. There's, is there, there is there not a chance though? So so I, I wouldn't need to finish this podcast, but at this point I don't care anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I, I just want to finish it out. Isn't there a chance the other? You talk about yeah, you're sort of showing your bias. Isn't there a chance that higher rates actually do increase net interest margins, and that the downside is not as bad as it might seem, and in fact. In two years' time, profits are meaningfully higher than oh, the great, current great point. point. And yeah. you know, at that point, the market is actually, oh, I'll pay 15 times earnings for NAB or for ANZ. So oh, you've yeah. got profits that are 15% higher. The, the PE has gone up by 50%. You're, you're, getting a, you're probably going to make an 80% gain in, in, a, in a couple of years. Again, I'm, not, I'm not trying to speculate just now. Oh, the, yep, that is an absolutely, to... you're painting a perfectly plausible scenario. So I'm not. I'm not saying no. Nah, that's definitely not going to happen. I mean, not, I'm not that silly. Like it, it's yeah. it's definitely plausible. But what I'm painting out is sort of equally plausible. And I, my, yes, I'd absolutely agree. My fundamental that. basis for investing is yep. I need to have a degree of conviction 
of one outcome over the other. As I said, I'll explore, yeah, right, I'll okay. explore the spread, yep, yep, yep. you know, what's the, yep. what's the possibilities yep. and I want it to skew in my favor, but I also want to have some conviction that I feel for whatever reason, right or wrong, that it's, it, it is actually going to be one of the favorable scenarios. So I'm not, let me be clear. I'm not saying it definitely won't be good. I'm yep. saying me with my very limited capacity intellectually, cause mm, it's mm. not that great. Um, I just, when, when you ask me, what's the outcome for ANZ's earnings over the next three to yeah. five years, no idea. And, yeah. and, and, and I think, and if I paint out possibilities, there's a lot of nasty possibilities that, that I can't handicap with decent odds. <laughs> and so what do you do in that situation? Whether it's a yeah. bank or anything, I put it in the too hard basket and I move on and I find something yeah. that I can at least have conviction in. So that, that, that's, that, that's how I think about it. You know what I have conviction in? Bitcoin. Sunday's mailbag episode. Okay. Very special. <laughs> Okay. Not Bitcoin. <laughs> I'm going to. I'm going to charge you. We're going to set up a charity. You're going to give money to charity. Everyone mentioned Bitcoin. Just, just to, just to get some, some good coming out of the fact that the crypto bros are talking about Bitcoin. I know it's very. I'll, do, I'll donate. I'll donate a, uh, a hundred sats for every sats. every time someone tags us with the hash, hashtag of Bitcoin. How about that? <laughs> you asked for it. I, I, I'm, I'm, very, I'm very conflicted now because you're right. I want the donations. I really don't want a hashtag. All right, mate. Uh, will you come back Sunday? Ah, oh, man. I'm so looking forward to it. Yes. See you then. Full on. Cheers. The Motley Fool and people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. General advice only. Please speak to your financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your situation. Subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash listener. The Motley Fool operates under Financial Services Licence 400691.